0: And thanks, Wesley. And thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate you being at EB. Thanks for coming out. And whether you were just answering an invitation from someone who said, Hey, why don't you come and join me? We're thankful that you are here. And whatever it was that brought you, we are just, we're just grateful. You know, we kicked off a new study last week. We kicked off a new study that was focusing on the relationships that we have. And it's called Dear Married me. And man, we had a great week last week. There was a lot of energy in the room. Everybody was still getting over, you know, that Rocky Mountain High that they had for the weekend. Just want to tell you, if you were not here last weekend, there is no truth to the rumor that Rocky Top was a part of our song service, okay? I know. Man, we had a great time, but we were not seeing Rocky Top. It was really good. And we're just glad that everybody is, man, back here again this week. And I hope you've had a great week. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Hope you have been able to hopefully build some stronger relationships over this last week, and I hope that you've been able to, in your walk with God, have it be something that was truly, truly special and meaningful. And so this past week, what we did, we said that in a lot of our relationships, there is just something that is missing, okay? Just something that's missing. And I compared it to my mother and aunt attempting to make my grandmother's famous chocolate pound cake. But because my grandmother was a part of a generation that that never wrote down anything specifically, never wrote down all the ingredients to a recipe, no matter how hard that my mom and aunt tried, they could never quite get the cake to taste exactly like my grandmother's cake. Now look, they called it Granny's Chocolate Pound Cake, okay? They called it that, but it wasn't Granny's Chocolate Pound Cake, right? I mean, you, you understand that. They followed the recipe but they were not able to add on those little loves that made it unique to my grandmother. You know, she would put in a little of this and she would put in a little of that, and, and by doing so, it made the cake taste amazing. And it was those unwritten little loves that just made all the difference. Because you can call something the same thing, but doesn't make it the same thing. I mean, you can call it Granny's chocolate pound cake, and it can be a good chocolate pound cake, But it's not Granny's chocolate pound cake because something is missing. And for so many of our marriages, I mean, you can call it a marriage, but it's not really a marriage because something is missing. And couples, we we just always, we can't put our finger on it. We just know that something is not right. And so we said that last week, one of the missing ingredients in our, our marriages for a lot of couples is just spiritual awareness. Okay, spiritual awareness where couples are living without the spiritual awareness that God is the author of their story, that God created man and woman for each other to complement each other, to, to help one another, to make something that was not good, to make that good. And we said that marriage is the physical expression of God's spiritual design. A man leaves his father and mother, unites with a woman who was specifically created by God to complement every aspect of his life, and the union of man and woman was God's good plan. But for so many of our marriages today, that spiritual awareness, it's just, it's missing. Now, without that ingredient, you can still have a happy marriage. And you can still live to celebrate 50 long years together, even more. But the relationship will never be what it was meant to be. You can call it granny's chocolate cake. But it's not. It's not the same thing. You see, there's always something that's going to be missing. And it's the same if you leave God out of the relationship that you have with your spouse. So last week, I asked that you take out your phone and, and just make yourself a little note. Make yourself a reminder. Title it, Dear Married Me. And I ask you to say, Dear Married Me, don't forget to be spiritually aware. Don't forget that your marriage was God's idea. And that you need to recognize him as creator and sustainer and fulfiller of your relationship. So if you've got that, you can pull it back up again this week, and I'm going to let you continue some notes to make to your married self, as we're going to look again at the very beginning of our Bibles, and we're going to look for some guidance. Genesis chapter 2 is where I want you to open things up or get your phone and pull up the Bible app and hit Genesis, find chapter 2, and we're going to highlight another missing ingredient from the story of man and woman. So God looks at Adam and there in chapter two and he sees that man is alone and he says, this isn't good. All right, it's not good. We've got to do something about this. And so Adam goes into this deep sleep and God creates woman. And when Adam wakes up, he sees Eve for the first time and he goes, whoa, man, this is great. And he immediately begins to quote poetry. Now it's not really quoting because it's original. So he begins to recite poetry. It's in verse 23. He says, at last. Man, at last, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And here's what he's saying. She's made just for me. Just for me. He's saying, my wife is the only one for me. And the missing ingredient, I think, that's often overlooked in this is what we're just going to call exclusiveness, okay? We're going to call it exclusiveness. Where you approach marriage with this one and only mentality, one and only mentality where you look at your husband, you look at your wife, and you say, you know what? You are the only one for me. You understand that your wife, your, your husband, was, was made for you. And this is what Adam does. He says, you're bone of my bone, you're, you're flesh of my flesh. This is, the only, this is the only one. And now for him, it was. I mean, right? I mean, for him, there, there was no body else. I, I don't I don't want to take anything away from him and his creativity and his beautiful words, but it's not just that he's being sweet or romantic here. He's being quite literal. There's no other choice that he has there in front of him. It's just her. And so he says, at last. I mean, he's looked around. He's scoped out things in, in Eden, and there wasn't anything there that God had created that was going to have that type of relationship with him. And so I want you to think about the motivation that, get, that gives him to make things work. He better make things work with her. Because if he doesn't, there's no plan B. If it's not her, it's nothing. And so there's suddenly this great incentive, this great incentive, this great motivation to work things out, to have this great relationship, because if it doesn't work with her, well, that's all there is. And guys, I think this is the mentality that we have to have in our marriage, where we're not asking the question, did I marry the right person? We're not asking that question. Instead, we have the understanding that this is the only person. This is the only person for me. So sometimes I'm actually asked that question. I'm asked, do you believe there's only one person out there for me? Is there just one person that's out there for everyone? Do you believe that everyone has a soulmate? Now, I was asked a similar question to that on a compatibility test that that Tanya and I took during our pre-marriage counseling time together. Now, the question went something like this. Can you ever envision yourself married to another person? And I, using what I thought was extremely sound logic, I, I said yes. I mean, I suppose there could be a circumstance where, I mean, though rare, if it was to arise, I mean, if it were to happen... Now, I wouldn't go out looking for it, but, you know, there are these, just the way life works. And so I'm thinking, it, could it be that I could see myself married to someone else? And, and I thought, well, maybe. Now, you might be surprised to learn that Miss Tanya did not agree with that assessment. She was asked the same question. She answered in the Negative. And, and, and guys and, and gals, it, just some free advice to you out there. If you're ever asked that question, the answer that your future spouse wants you to say is no. All right? Just going to give it to you free. If you're ever asked, is there anybody else that you can envision yourself married to? You just say, no, sweetheart. How could I? Why would you even ask that question? Why is it on here? Who wrote this crazy test anyway? But I get asked this a lot by single folks, and uh, I do. And by the way, those of you single ladies and gentlemen who are in the audience, I I want to remind you that, that even though this series is focusing right now, this week, on those who are married, there is something for you to gain. I want you to allow God to use these lessons to perhaps prepare you for another season of life. I want you to take note of the ingredients that are often missing from marriages, so that You will be better prepared when and if that time comes for you to tie the knot. And look, even if you never marry, which is perfectly fine, by the way, even if you never marry, allow God to use this time. Allow God to use this time to reveal what is perhaps missing from your relationship with him. I mean, after all, as part of the church, you are the bride of Christ. So as we talk about these missing things that take place within relationships, as we think about dear married me, you say, well, I'm not married. or well, you're married to Christ. And so I want you to think about the relationship that you have there. The single folks ask me, they're like, hey, is there only one person out there for me? Is there just one person that's my soulmate? And, 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 and I'm honest with them. And I say, no, I don't, I don't think there is. I don't believe that. And I mean it. Because think about this. if." if If that was the case, if there was just one person that was out there for everybody and then some goofball comes along and gets it wrong, (laughs) I mean, it just messes it up for everybody else, right? I mean, all it takes is one dude that decides, hey, I want to come over here and this is going to be my forever partner, right? And then that's not the person they were supposed to be with. Well, that just messes everything up. The domino effect that results just means that we're all in trouble and it's just going to be devastating. So no, I don't think that there is only one person out there for everyone. But if someone who is married asks me this question, someone who's married asks me, is, is there only one person that's out there for me? Is, is there just one soulmate? Does everybody just have one soulmate? I say the person who's married. Yep. Mhm. And the good news is, you're married to yours. You found him you did because as soon as you become married that person that husband that wife becomes your soulmate you see you approach that relationship with this mentality where it's not oh did I marry the right person what if I had what if I had just said yes to this date what if I had just said yes to this invitation back in college what if I had continued in that relationship what if what if did I marry the right person that's not the question the understanding for those of us who are married is that this is the only person for me. You see, for Adam and Eve, there's great motivation to work out their relationship. There's great motivation to make things work at home because there's not another plan. I mean that that was it. And before Danny and Sandy, it was Adam and Eve who saying, You're the one that I want? Do 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 You guys remember that song, right? Yeah i try to give you something that you can sing on the way to the restaurant, so that's going to be in your head now, you're going to be, you're the one that I want, you're the one that I want, and guess what, if you approach your marriage like that, it will make all the difference, I mean, if you're driving around today, and you, you just start singing to your wife, you just start singing to your husband, you're the one that I want, you're the one I want, woo, woo, woo. now they might tell you to be quiet, don't, you just keep on singing, I mean, you might be there in the middle of the restaurant. It just comes over you. You were sitting there looking at your spouse, and you were just filled with this flood of emotion. And so you just begin singing out loud. And everybody at Chili's is turning around, looking and wondering what's going on. They didn't know they ordered dinner and a show, but they're going to get it from you, all because you have found your forever person. And it's awesome. And you want them to know that. It makes all the difference. And let me tell you, you're going to stand out if you do that, Okay? And not just because you're singing grease tunes there in the Mill of Chili's. You're going to stand out because of the culture that we live in. Because in that culture, we are taught to shop around. My mama told me. Okay, we're going to do all the songs today. You better shop. Trying to get all the decades in. I mean, we're taught to compare, right? In some ways, that's actually what dating kind of is. If you were to define dating for teenagers and then those up through their early 20s, dating could just be defined by saying, hey look, I'm gonna go and hang out with you and do some stuff with you until somebody better comes along. Now that might not be what they say. You know, that's not what they say. They, they look at each other and go, oh, have you seen those eyes before in the pictures? You know, get those pictures, those selfie pictures they're taking and, and, and those Twitter painted eyes where it's just, oh, it's just wonderful. Until somebody better comes along. Until somebody better walks through the door. And and, and then we break up and we go and start hanging out with that person. And and then all of a sudden, somebody better walks through the door. And and our youth went to um, Six Flags yesterday. A lot of them went out and had a great time. And I couldn't help but think about one of my trips to Six Flags when I was in a youth group growing up. I went on that trip specifically, not for Six Flags, but for a girl that was in another church's youth group that was going. Just full disclosure. And this has nothing to do, by the way, with the question that I talked about earlier, okay? But we we go on this trip, and I go to Six Flags two days removed from having my wisdom teeth taken out, all right? So I'm I'm still spitting in a cup, okay? Those of you that had your wisdom teeth removed, this is very romantic, I know. I'm spitting in a cup, but I'm going to Six Flags because this other girl is going to go to Six Flags, and I want to go with her. And so I go, and we ride all these rides, and I'm getting shaken all around, and my, my, my jaws are, are just, you know, inflamed, and there's just all this excruciating pain, but I look over at her, and it's like, oh, it was wonderful, it was great, I mean, it was a great day, it was fantastic. I made it through the entire trip, we go, we get on the van, and, and there we are sitting on the van with each other, you know, and I pull the old... You know, and just going to ride and head it back to Chattanooga. It's going to be great. And we weren't too far removed from the park when all of a sudden she gets up from the seat and she then moves two rows back to sit with my best friend who had also gone to Six Flags with us, who had also ridden all the rides with us. And apparently, she was just keeping her options open. Apparently she was just keeping her options open, and and me and my spit cup was just not nearly as romantic as it could be to be with him. And so for the entire way then back from Atlanta to Chattanooga, she rode there in the back of the van, and all of a sudden I see him go, I'm like, really? Dude, that, that was my girl. That was that was my date. That was my Six Flags trip. But she was keeping the options open. And I think that's kind of the approach a lot of people take when it comes to marriage. I'm just going to keep the options open in case somebody better comes along. That's the approach. I'm going to compare and contrast. And guys, that's if we decide to get married at all. Pew Research tells us that among adults ages 18 to 44, the share who have ever cohabitated or lived together without being married is now larger than the share of people in the country who have been married. Young adults, those who are ages 18 to 29, are actually twice as likely to live together as they are to be married. That's a 44 to 23 percentage. And it's not just the younger crowd. You think, oh, all these younger people, right? Uh-uh. The research shows that more Americans 50 years and older are copying the younger generations and skewing marriage, opting instead to live with their partners. So we'll just try it out for a couple of years. We'll try it out for a year or two. We'll live like we're married. We'll we'll share a house. We'll share a car. We'll share money. We'll even pick out curtains. We might even share kids. But something, man, something is missing. Something is missing. I just can't quite put my finger, oh, yeah, it's commitment. That's what's missing. Because you can walk away. You can walk away whenever you want to. And that's the society that we live in. It's a shop around kind of culture. It's also a disposable culture. You know, few things nowadays are made to last. And we have just become used to buying and discarding. From our phones, to our appliances, to our food. Guys, we order something on Amazon today and then click buy now tomorrow on the latest upgrade or the very thing that we ordered the day before. That's what we do. We're constantly looking for ways to upgrade. We know the price of everything but the value of nothing. And the consequences of this disposable mindset is that we have begun to treat people like things. We treat people just like we do other things. And we think that there's always an upgrade. So I've got to keep my options open. Let me keep my dating app profile up to date. You know, I recently recently spoke to a woman who said that when she was first engaged, thankfully she and her fiancé did not go through with this relationship, But when she was first engaged, they decided that they were just going to give their marriage five years and then reevaluate. They were going to give it five years. And she thought she was being generous. She thought that was a long time compared to things that were going on with her friends and that that she was really stepping out there, she and her fiancé, to say, hey, we're going to go five years, see if it's going to work. If not, man, we're just going to start swiping. That's what we're going to do. And so many people have that mentality. See, we see this in marriage where... A wife is just so unhappy with her husband. He said, well, why is she just so unhappy? Well, it's because the husband isn't doing the things the way some other guy, or whatever he does for his wife. Well, and the husband, why is he so unhappy? Well, because his wife isn't doing things for him the way some other guy's wife is doing things for, for him. There's just this comparison that's going on back and forth. And so they compare and they contrast. And guys, so much of our disappointment in marriage comes from the fact that we're just always looking around. And it's poison. It's poison for a relationship. So for the first man, for that first woman, they had this total exclusiveness. And they were able to look at each other and say, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, you are the only one for me. And that's a missing ingredient for so many in our marriages where we don't have that mentality. We don't have the at last, at last, here's the one I've been waiting on. At last, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. At, at last, this is my husband. At last, this is my wife. That mentality has been lost. You know, nobody makes my granny's chocolate cake anymore. Nobody makes it. My mom and aunt tried. Even my cousin gave it a whirl. You know? But something just kept being missing. And so they just stopped. They just stopped. And I don't know, maybe you have as well. Maybe like a large portion of our society, you've just given up on trying to make something called my happy marriage. Or, or, or maybe you tried to make my mama's marriage, or my dad's marriage, or my granny and papa's marriage, and now you've just given up. You haven't said it out loud yet, but you've just decided to quit. You've silently resigned. Silently resigned from putting forth all the effort to make things work, and, and you've begun to wonder if perhaps If just perhaps someone else out there, if someone else out there can make things better, that maybe you got it wrong the first time. Or the second. Third. Maybe there's somebody else out there that's going to make things better. Look, if I'm speaking to you this morning, before you go and do something that will forever impact your family's life, before you go and do something that will forever impact your soul. Would you write yourself a little note? Would you make yourself a little note? And say, dear married me. Dear married me. Marriage was never intended to be perfect. Marriage was intended to be exclusive. See, somewhere along the the, the way, guys... Somewhere along the way, we were taught that our marriage had to be perfect, that our spouse had to be perfect, that our spouse had to complete us. Understand, the only only completion that we will ever find in this world is through Jesus Christ. It's not going to come through a spouse. It's not going to come through that man. It's not going to come through that, that woman. But somewhere along the way, we were told that, hey, you've got to have the perfect marriage and so then we began to look around at others who we thought had a more perfect marriage than we had, and we began to comparing. And then we began looking at our husband, we began looking at our wife, and it was like, why can't you be more like, why? why don't you treat me like, and it was just one comparison after the other, and then we began to look around and say, well, you know what, let's just upgrade. I just need to upgrade my spouse. I just need to cycle up. I just need to swipe one more time and I'm going to find what I'm looking for. Marriage was never intended to be perfect. Marriage was intended to be exclusive. So dear married me, don't compare your marriage or your spouse to others. Get out of the comparison game. Because let me tell you, especially if you're the spouse, no matter how great you are, you think in your marriage, there is somebody that does marriage better than you. You know, Now, I know some of your spouses are going, let me tell you, I know that for sure. Guys, there are other men that are, yes, better husbands. Ladies, there are other women who are better wives. It's out there. Don't compare. Don't do that to your spouse. One of the worst things that husbands, wives, that you can do to your spouse is to start telling them how great all the other spouses are that are out there. Don't do that to them instead you tell your spouse how great they are you tell your spouse how thankful you are that they that they have been able to deal with all of your flaws and with all of your missteps thank your spouse for their patience thank your spouse for their forgiveness thank your spouse for their love dear married me dear married me rediscover the value of your relationship Rediscover the value of having that relationship, of being able to live life together. You know, we had a show of hands last week. Hey, how I many of you guys have been married 25 years? You know, 30, 40, one family at least 60, over 60 years. And, and we're throwing up the hands and, and, and it's all great. You understand that that one to five year time period is some of the most dangerous times in a marriage though. So hard to make it through that. We know the worth, but we don't know the value of having that relationship. For those of you who have been able to continue on in those relationships, cherish and value what you have. And sure, it's not the way it used to be. Your marriage isn't what it was when you were first starting out. Maybe that spark is not there. Maybe the communication is not what it was. You don't go on the same trips. You don't do all the same things together. Sure, things change, but now you're in a different season. And it doesn't mean that this season can't be just as special and memorable. And it doesn't mean that this season can't be just as God-honoring. Rediscover the value of your relationship. And dear married me, recommit to your soulmate. Recommit to your soulmate. Look to the person that you're married to and recommit and say, you know what? I am committed to making this work. But not just work. I'm committing to making this thrive. I'm committed to making this last. Marriage was never intended to be perfect. Marriage was intended to be exclusive. So do not compare your marriage or your spouse to others. Rediscover the value of your relationship and recommit to your soulmate. You do not have to give up on your marriage. My my family might not know the missing ingredients to Granny's chocolate cake, but I bet you know what's missing in your relationship with your spouse, and perhaps it's what we've talked about today—the exclusivity that needs to be present in your marriage. So don't up, don't upgrade your spouse. Upgrade your marriage. Upgrade your marriage. Lift up that relationship. And friends, if you need counseling, go to counseling. If you need to forgive, then forgive. If you need to be patient, then be patient. If you need to learn new ways to communicate, then by all means, learn new ways to communicate. Be open to spicing things up in the relationship that you have with one another. Pray and worship together. Guys, everything around you might be disposable, but your marriage was intended to last. So make yourself a note, dear married me, upgrade the marriage, upgrade the marriage, upgrade the marriage, make it exclusive. Father, I thank you for the opportunity again just to talk today about another missing ingredient that's that's just prevalent not only within our society and culture, but it's prevalent within families that call this place home. Couples who have grown up during a time where it's just shop around, look around, keep your options open. Couples that have grown up in a disposable society where once something becomes old, once something becomes outdated, as soon as there is a newer model, we just upgrade. And even though maybe we don't say it out loud, there is this mindset that maybe there's somebody better. Maybe there's somebody else out there that could Fix everything that's wrong. Change everything. Maybe there's somebody else out there that I could be happier with. Father, allow those unspoken thoughts. Those unspoken feelings. Those, those whispers that Satan has, has whispered into our relationships. Can you allow all of that to be drowned out by your voice? By your voice reminding us that you had a plan from the beginning of one man and one woman for one lifetime. And that while, sure, there are, there are many people for those who are, who are single, who are unmarried right now, that many people that they could go through and live life with. But Father, when we say I do and we, we come before you in this covenant of marriage, that we are saying that this is my soulmate. And this is the person that I'm going to do life with. Father, we know that it's not perfect. We know that our relationships are not always honoring to you. And each of us do things that get on our spouse's nerves. Each of us do things that that are not in in keeping with what would would make a truly healthy marriage. Our our prayer is today that we would have the heart, that that we would have the, the desire to be able to to turn that relationship truly over to you, to look in the mirror and say, Father, whatever, whatever I need to do, whatever I need to say, what, what, whatever it is that, that I need to adjust in my life, the focus that I need to have, Father, that's what I want to do. That's what I need to do. It's not about perfection, but it's about being exclusive. So Father, may we recommit to our soulmate today. May we recommit to our spouse. And we recommit to the one that we said, I do, too. May you give us that opportunity. And help us to understand it's not just something that happens overnight. Maybe something that we do each and every day, day in, day out, week after week, month after month, year after year. Father, help us to upgrade our marriage so that it could be something that truly is a blessing and honors you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen church maybe what you need to do maybe what you need to do in order to upgrade your marriage maybe what you need to do is recommit to god maybe you need to recommit to your true soulmate maybe you've been trying to look for completion in a relationship maybe it's with a spouse maybe it's with children Maybe you've been trying to look for some type of completion in your life because of your job or because of some other type of relationship that you have, some kind of activity that you want to go be involved in. you try to make yourself busy. You've, you've tried to get all the success that you could have. Maybe what you need to do today that would help things at home more than anything is to recommit your life to God. We talked last week about how that it's a, um, a triangle. Remember that you and your spouse are on one in there at the bottom and God's at the top. And as you both move closer to God, you get closer to one another. Maybe that's what you've been thinking about all this week. And today is the day that you need to recommit yourself. Maybe for your marriage, maybe you should be baptized into Christ. Maybe you should submit yourself to Jesus and say, you know what, I need to die to myself. I need to stop living just for myself, and and I need to be able to live for God. I need to allow God to live through me, and that's going to change things within the relationship that I have with my spouse. We would love to answer that request today, to celebrate with you. Maybe you need to come before this family and and, and say some of that. Or maybe you need to go to the back into our lobby. We've got a prayer room there. One of our elders, one of the spiritual leaders here in our church would love to be able to have a one-on-one conversation with you talk with you, to pray with you, to open up scripture again, to look there in Genesis chapter 2 whatever your need might be, we'd encourage you to, to follow through with that guys, those of you who are married man, enjoy it, revel in it sing a song about it today at lunch, those of you who are single you honor God in the relationships that you have those of you who are dating right now and you went to Six Flags, be careful, the person you took to Six Flags might end up with your best friend just say it There is one who will complete you. It is God. So let's stand and give him praise and glory today.